Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, July 30th. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis officials have promised to reevaluate how city police officers use force. It's a response to national protests against police brutality toward black Americans. But experts say it could be hard to check whether any changes work without information St. Louis police will not release. If communities don't have access to the data, um, it makes it more difficult to make the case for change. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kay Petron talks with researchers about why that information is key to police reform. Missouri Governor Mike Parson will leave decisions about remote learning and mask wearing up to local school administrators. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports on a visit by the governor with some St. Louis area superintendents. Parson has been pushing for children and teachers to return to classrooms, but he didn't press the issue while meeting with a dozen superintendents from St. Louis, some of whom have already decided to keep their buildings closed when school resumes. It's just different wherever you're at in a part of the state. It's why I don't think you can do a statewide mandate and make that fair to every school district in the state. The Republican says that applies to masks being worn in schools, too. A growing number of area districts are sticking with remote learning, blaming the worsening pandemic. The rest, for now, are offering the option for children to get at least some in-classroom instruction each week. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. And further to what Ryan just reported on, Parkway and Webster Groves are among the most recent districts to announce a remote learning start to the school year. Webster Groves Superintendent John Simpson says the online instruction should be smoother than the spring, but he knows it's not ideal. While some kids are better in a virtual setting, um, the overwhelming majority of our kids are, um, are learn better, connect better, all those kind of things face-to-face. St. Louis Public Schools is strongly considering a virtual start to the year. Its board will decide next week. At least one dozen area districts in Missouri and Illinois will keep schools closed to start the academic year. The outbreak is causing the Illinois High School Association to move football, soccer, and other fall sports to next spring or summer. The announcement follows new youth sports guidelines from Governor J.B. Pritzker. They allow for different levels of activity based on the determined risk of the sport and the spread of COVID-19. Pritzker says this has not been an easy decision, but he points to recent coronavirus outbreaks among professional athletes. But when the multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar sports leagues with multi-million dollar athletes are struggling to protect their players, it's obvious that there won't be enough protection for kids on our school playing fields. The updated rules take effect August 15th. Hundreds of voters in St. Louis and St. Louis County will need to correct their vote-by-mail ballot envelopes before Tuesday's primary election. Officials say those voters will have to fix mistakes or cast ballots in person. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Election officials say some voters who do not want to vote in person because of the coronavirus made mistakes on their ballot envelopes. Eric Fay is Democratic Director of Elections for the St. Louis County Election Board. He says some did not sign their envelopes, failed to include an address, or did not obtain a notary signature. Because of the influx of absentee ballots, 
we really wanted to give people a chance to correct their ballot. Voters in St. Louis County and St. Louis who made errors can visit their Board of Elections office to correct them. County voters can also visit satellite voting locations or vote at the polls on Tuesday. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Police departments throughout the country, including St. Louis City and County, are promising to reevaluate how officers use force. Researchers are emphasizing another issue in the city. The department does not publicly share crucial information to see if new policies and training methods are working. St. Louis Public Radio's Kay Petron reports on how the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department keeps most use-of-force data out of the public eye. The St. Louis Police Department publicly releases a sliver of the information it collects when officers hurt someone. And the department's reports exclude basic details that other agencies make public, like whether anyone died or whether an officer fired their gun. Researchers and advocates say not having that data is a problem. David Dwight is executive director of Forward Through Ferguson. He says that without data, many people dismiss excessive use of force as one-off incidents. We often say that what we measure is what we care about. Um, you can only change what you uh, measure. And so if communities don't have access to the data, um, it makes it more difficult to make the case for change. Dwight says people anecdotally report police using too much force in local black communities. And the department releases some limited data. And an analysis of that data published by the city government last year backs Dwight up. The report shows that in 2016, officers used force three times as often in black neighborhoods compared to white neighborhoods. Former city policy advisor Christina Garmendia wrote the report. She says the data did not count every use of force that police reported because it only included instances where officers got injured. If it's from a database that's centered on police officer injury, then it's going to be a underestimate. Garmendia says that missing data means it's hard to truly capture the negative experiences that many people have with St. Louis police. Meanwhile, the St. Louis County Police Department already publishes a yearly report to track much of this. Lieutenant Colby Dolly is the commander of research and analysis. He says the data lets the department identify and solve problems. For instance, he says officers fired tasers too frequently in 2015. We did some training to try to to curtail that, and it actually worked. There was a pretty good decrease in the use of tasers. Dolly says making this information public keeps the department accountable and transparent. St. Louis County and Kansas City Police also collect data for the FBI's Voluntary Use of Force Reporting Initiative. The St. Louis City Police would not say whether the department participates in that program. Roy Austin Jr. is an attorney who specializes in police reform issues and worked with President Barack Obama's task force on 21st century policing. He says that even though it does take time to change how police collect and report information, it still shouldn't take the city so long to make the data public. It sounds to me like the St. Louis Police Department is intentionally avoiding the question of whether or not they are using excessive force excessively. Austin says many cities larger than St. Louis had no problems quickly coming up with this data once local or federal governments required it. The St. Louis Police Department is not unique in its reticence to collect and publish use of force data, but it could be on the cutting edge of doing the right thing, and they should be. 
St. Louis Public Safety Director Jimmy Edwards declined to be interviewed for this story. The department did start collecting more complete data after working with the city researcher in 2018. But when St. Louis Public Radio asked for that newer, more extensive data, a spokesperson said police have no way to publicly share the information. The department says that's because the reports include disciplinary records, which means they could be closed under Missouri's public record laws. The records division says it can only provide the same data that the city researcher flagged as insufficient several years ago. It says it is working with the FBI to make some information public and easy to read. But police leaders would not answer questions about when more complete data would become available. And they declined multiple requests for interviews. I'm Kay Petron, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Heffernan edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.